good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 17th of May, year of our Lord 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, your host, Nicholas Henkel. Joined uh, alongside me is the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. And James, uh, after a long and strenuous year, the Detroit Pistons season has come to a merciful end. And I know it was really fun for a lot of people, but at the end of the day, would you would, would you call it merciful? Yeah, just because we don't joyous, have to watch, right? Uh, now the fun gosh. starts because sure, of, yeah. I just mean in terms of watching the team lose every single night. You, I, oh, it I was see what fun. You're saying, yeah, it, undoubtedly it was fun. We had a lot of fun this year, but. We did lose a lot of games, and we don't have to watch that anymore. So that was really fun. People going into this Miami game, I'm worried they're going to win. Why? Why? Look at our injury report. I promise, it, no, it was never in question. But I will say this. We, you were the first one to say it, as is customary. The Orlando game was the most important game, not the Minnesota game. Who's in third right now? Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, OKC okay, beat the Clippers. There it is. So uh, Detroit... Finishes second uh, in the lottery odds. I'll pull it up. I, I tweeted about this earlier. So just to give everybody a, a quick primer or refresher on where Detroit is at. So we have a 14% chance to get the first pick. 13.5 for second, 12.7 for third, 12 for fourth, uh, about 28% for fifth. So the best odds are that are worst if you want to look at it that way or that will fall to fifth and 20% at sixth. So at this point, uh, the most important thing about this game was lose so that the furthest that we can fall is 6th instead of 7th. And James, we did it. How are you feeling? You're you're excited to just get into draft stuff and kind of whip out your, uh, whip your out Tommy my, Bahamas. Whip out my and, shit, yeah. Yeah. Just whip it out for the world to see. Um, no, I'm, I'm excited for the season to be done. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I've told people this, and me and the other beat writers have talked about it. This year has just been draining from our perspective. Yeah, we didn't travel this year, which adds a lot of drain in itself. But the mental, the mental capacity, and I don't. It's not. This isn't a boohoo James situation. I, I'm not trying to make it that, but people like to know about the job. So, from a mental capacity standpoint, it is very tough to do this job for six months, write three to four stories a week. And in my case, try to do unique stories 75 to 80% of the time when everything's through Zoom. Um, like I said before, there's only two people on this team that I've met in per- person, Seku and, and Wayne. Um, so I haven't, yeah, I still haven't met a lot of the, any of the new guys in person. It's just been, it's been a long year. I'm glad it's done. As I've said on this podcast before, this has been the most entertaining team I've covered in my four years. I just wrapped up year four. It hasn't even hit me yet. Uh, year four is in the books. I'm entering my Jason Kidd year. Wrapped it up on a, a television spot on Bally Sports Detroit. I did the other day. With Congratulations, my, my Ron to James. Burgundy, my Ron Burgundy mm-hmm. fit. But no, man, I'm I'm happy to be done. Um, I'm excited to kind of relax and decompress and all that stuff. And it's draft season. This is the it, and I want to say thank you to the listeners and the readers at the Athletic. This has been the most engaged you guys have been for an entire season since I've been on the beat, and I and I already know what the off season now how the season is has shook out. Um, you guys are going to be even more engaged because this is what this season was for is this moment that we're talking about and entering right now. So thank you guys again, and if you're listening to this right now up on the athletic, it's actually up and when I posted it right after the game because mm-hmm. I know you guys do not care about mm-hmm. end of the season post mortems. You guys care about the draft, so I did it. my top six big board. Um, is on, up on the athletic right now, and you can get a subscription for a dollar a month. It, it's going to end, I think, sometime this week. So jump on it now if you're not a subscriber. Go to my Twitter page, find that story, and click on it, and you can sc- subscribe for a dollar in that link. Uh, but yeah, I did my top six big board, which is a mix of stuff I've heard, team need, all that stuff. So yeah, we're here off season. What I was interested in when I when I read the article, which of course James I did, was I I didn't need to read one through four. I wanted to see um, five who you had six. at five and six. Yeah, and the only thing I'll say I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Uh, if you listen to this show, you won't be surprised. No, you With, won't. But I, I I did. Yeah, I broke down the fit and and kind of the thought process behind them for sure. But yeah, if you listen to this show, you have a good idea. Um, I have a question James for you at. as as a fan. The goal for this team, Casey and Weaver said it at the beginning of the year, objective one, 
build a culture and the objective to develop where are you at with could they have, other than having the absolute worst record could this have rebuilding season have gone any better for you no and and there's not another answer for it and it's an important thing that you added with the um, which I want to add this really quick. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sick right now, so if I sound a little bit stuffy or uh, like my voice is gravelly, that, that's why. Um, you know, it's important to add the, well, maybe we could have had the, the, the absolute worst record. It was going to be really hard to catch Houston this season. Um, you know, I've said a few times that this is a good team that's disguised as a bad team. It's like the Trojan horse, but inside the Trojan horse is Isaiah Stewart, uh, who's going to post the up. You have Sadiq Bey, who's going to hit 183s in his rookie season. The quote that he had about practicing in his high school gym and having to guess where the NBA three-point line is at, wild. Yeah, and he saved that one for the last day of the year. I hadn't, he hadn't told that story before. Wild. Um, and that's something you would get in normal circumstances. Like, that That made me mad when he said it. Like, I would have loved to get that, like, yeah. in March. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and you talk about the culture. Jeremy Grant today says something to the effect, you're the one that probably asked the question, or you were there in the room at least, or on the Zoom, I mean, um, that he feels the same about Troy and the vision. He feels the same way about it today as he did when he when he picked us in the first place. And all that shows is that this is working. I mean, he told the fans before the game, like, we're going to be good next year. We're going to be better. Sorry, we're going to be better. Better and good aren't the same thing. We're going so to you, be better. So you did talk to Troy? Oh, you're talking about Jeremy. Talking about Jeremy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he did say. Yeah, he grabbed the mic. Yeah, you're right. Um, I do want to say I didn't see any James tweets about the Tom Gore's Zoom meeting. Did you hear about that? Did I break? I that didn't. To you? So we'll take a quick pause before you get back to your response. So you did the the fan pregame experience. What all did that entail? I actually got to see you, Tina. Shout yes. out to Tina who was monitoring that. She sits behind me in the games, and she I was walking down the steps, and she said, uh, "I think your podcast partner is right here." And I was like, "Nick." I was like, oh, it's that that's today. And I got on yeah. the Zoom and I just yelled, Where's Nick? Yeah. And you, you probably and I think you were very I think you were very surprised and felt very awkward. Where can you walk me through when you heard where's Nick? Do you want me to save this first you want to do story time with Nick? Do yeah, you want let's to just push this, this to the end? Well no, I'm saying oh you want me to just do it oh, now speaking or you want me to wait No, let's end? do it now, but hold on before we do it, I have something to show you. Oh, okay. Listeners who have bought a pot uh, who have bought a hoodie. I have 14 in a box behind me right now. They are being sent out. Is that upside down? It is. They're going to be sent out this week. I have 14 of the 20. I'm showing Nick. Nick hasn't seen them done. Mm. There's the Mm. front. Shout out to Rod Beard for this. I was going to wait for the reveal once people got them. But, yeah, Rod Beard is the one who made them. And he has a – it's a long story. He has a T-shirt and hoodie pressing Mm. thing in his house. Him and his wife do stuff. There's the back. Mm. So, yeah, I have 14 of the 20. I'm going to start sending them out this week. Stuff's slowing down. So, Shout out to Rod. Shout out to Matthew as well. Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, I basically get on and uh, – is it Aaron Smith? Totally blanking on Not who sure. it was. It's going to make me really mad. He's a very nice man. He was running the whole thing. Tina was there. Uh, you've talked about Tina before, so even though she didn't know who I was, I knew who she was. Um, and I think she I was knew the, who you were. She, yeah, she, she, well, she said your podcast partner is on the show. But you'll see why, okay. why she said that. So uh, – for those who didn't see on Twitter, the Pistons had reached out to me after I saw they were doing this fan experience. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, I wish I would have known that they were doing this. And they're like, hey, we're actually going to DM you and we're going to invite you to this. And I was like, oh, wow. So I actually switched shifts at work so that I could, uh, you know, make time for this. And uh, you basically hop in a Zoom, but like the Microsoft version of Zoom. And uh, the camera's like in the tunnel. And um, I was the first one to turn my camera on. So they're talking to me. They're like, so Nicholas, where are you from? And I explained. And I go, I actually, I go, I know you guys probably all know uh, James Edwards from The Athletic. I go, I actually, I don't know if you knew that he did a podcast, but I'm the one who does the show with him, like blah, blah, blah. Set the uh, table, like hire me, mother. I get well, it. I do your I thing, to, my boy, yeah, my I mean, G. Are, Let's go. Know. So uh, then I, the guy, I think, again, I'm pretty sure his name was Aaron. He goes, so I was going to ask who your favorite uh, piston was, but I guess I know the answer. And I was like, oh, he must know who I am then. Okay, cool. He goes, it's, so it's Buddha. And I go, wait, no, 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 I James Edwards the third of the athletic. I'm not talking about that's not no 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 different James Edwards. So that was a whole thing. And Tina was like, Hey, uh James always sits in front of me. Um when that, like I'll 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 let him know, like to come say hi. Yeah, and then we're just hanging out. Troy actually walked by and it was really cool. 
because I was like, oh my god, like that's Troy Weaver. He's right there. That's the guy who's going to lead us to the promised land. Yes, that's who, I he, knew that was in your mind. Yeah, he looks over at us and then just walks away. And I was like, oh, boo, <laughs> He's probably Troy, like, what boo. the f- is this? Yeah. Um, and uh, so what happens with these is usually a player will come up and you get to ask him some questions and kind of you know talk with them for a minute before the the players run out of the tunnel and actually play the game. Um, and I was just curious, like, what player are we going to get? That was the thing that was interesting to me. So we ended up getting Saban. But here's what the problem was. And it was a great experience. It was really cool. What was but the, the problem? problem? was The problem was Tom Gores had a meeting with the team over Zoom uh, before Casey's pregame speech. Oh. And that ran a little bit long. So it cut into our time with Saban, so we didn't get to ask questions. He just got asked like two very, you know, rudimentary questions. So your sources on Tom Gore speaking to the team was the moderator of the fan experience telling you guys, I'm sorry, your guys' time is gonna get cut into because Tom Gore yeah. is speaking to his basketball team. Should I run from that? No, I will not. I thought you put I, a sources I, say in your tweet. Okay. I had a dig that James Edwards the third did not. You did. And that is you that's did. what mattered to me in that moment. Uh no, literally my tweet was like Tom Gore is speaking with the Pistons. You prior to off. their season, I told you, you I was going to try to get something. Yeah, you got and it. And tweet it, tweet it like you would. Um, so it was really cool. You know, the players run out. Yeah, they all, you know, they all kind of huddled up around, and it was really cool to see all of them. And um, I looked Dave in the eyes. It was great. Dave. Um, oh, Servetus. Servetus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was great. Um, Mike Abdenauer walked by a few times. We waved to him. It was really fun. But uh, no, this was a, a masterclass of a rebuild, and we've talked about it a bunch on the show. You've written about it. Um, every publication has the culture that we're setting, the way that Dwayne is able to get these guys to rally around each other. Um, the thing that impresses me the most is when, when you listen to these rookies talk, uh, let's say they have a game where they commit 25 turnovers like we did, uh, within the last week, they understand the way that they carry themselves, um, and talk about the game and acknowledge the, the areas that they need to improve. It's almost like they're seasoned vets. Like when you and obviously I don't get to hear what Sadiq is saying, but just reading him and it's you know it's hard to convey what the cadence is. Mm-hmm. But they all say the right things and they and they say things that they're are all just, very mature. Yeah, for their age. Yeah, and that plays into what Troy's doing. It's not just an eye for talent; it's an eye for character. We draft people. Remember that was one of the first yeah. things he said. You're right. When he came to Detroit. You're right. People first, and players second. That's really important. And Jeremy is like the quintessential embodiment of that. So when I watch this team play, they lose a lot. We know they're competitive. But we all know in our hearts, like, I would feel pretty comfortable planting my flag in the uh, the Detroit Pistons might make the playoffs next year. In fact, I think they are definitely going to be in the play-in. So you're saying definitely on the play-in. I was going to say maybe the play-in. You're definitely on the play-in. I think we'll definitely make the plan. The way that Casey has sort of gassed the team up this last week, what was it? He said next year is like a big leap, and then after that is huge steps or something yeah, like they've that. Yeah, been, they've been dropping little breadcrumbs on their plan, which I've written about and I've talked about it on here. I think he said today after the game, he's like, free agency is going to be another way that we build this team a year from now. As I mentioned before, they, I don't. if you're a Pistons fan, do not expect much free agency movement. This summer, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be nearly as active. The the trade market, the the free agency market is not. I don't anticipate it being nearly as active this year as it is next year. And the reason behind that is Troy has his guys. They he has the young players in peace or in place. He has he's gonna get potentially the best of the young players this year if the the lottery falls right. Um, and the free agency class this year isn't great. I think Hamadou is going to be high on their their priority list, if not the highest. Yeah. And then in 2023, when Blake's money comes off, a couple other people's money's come off, they're going to have a lot of cap space, and there's going to be names in there like Karis LeVert, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. Um, Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, so. Say it again. Jalen Brown. So that's mm. 2023, the summer of 2022 is going to be wait we're in summer 2021 yeah summer 2022 is going to be different um but, but this year is going to be pretty chill and Dwayne's been leaving a little breadcrumb saying stuff like that obviously I, I think I said on the last pod he said we need finishing scoring and shooting to, to add to this team 
There's there's the Cades of the world, the Jalen Greens of the world that that you can maybe get in the draft. Um, but yeah, do I asked Dwayne post game like you and Troy went in with two high objectives of building a culture and remaining competitive. And I said you guys have been fairly competitive this year in most of your games. Where does that rank and why you're optimistic about this team? He's like that's everything. He's like it's not the players and the accolades that they've had this year. It's the fact that these guys, even when games haven't mattered for the last couple weeks, they come out and play hard every night. Uh, they've played hard all year. They've beaten some good teams. That's why I'm so optimistic. Like we have this core here that's bought in, that plays hard, that understands what it takes to 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 be in games. They're going to learn. This year was about learning how to win, um, and they're going to need some talent to to continue to 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 learn that and get over that hump. But that's the biggest thing for him is the the makeup of the players in the locker room yeah. is why he's so optimistic about this going forward. Now you just add you add people who fit that and even if you got to go off the cuff a little bit maybe not the greatest not not that any of these guys in this draft aren't high character guys I don't know that I don't interview them you hear good things about a lot of them uh but I'm just saying now it's time to address some of the basketball needs while keeping the people in mind the people part of people first player second in mind yeah I want to throw this out there because people got really mad at me people got really mad at Nick on Twitter the other day and I think rightfully so. I don't know that I need to apologize, but I can understand why people misconstrued what I was saying. Um, I said something to the effect of people watched Jalen Green make a few basket cuts and decided that Evan Mobley was too skinny to make it in the NBA. Now, what I meant by that was not to slight Jalen Green. Um, it's perfectly understandable if it was uh, conveyed that way, considering if you don't read my tweets, you don't listen to the show. Um, my point was this. I don't like that this war that's broken out between the, the Jalen Green hive and the Evan Mobley hive at the 2-3 the spots. I do not enjoy that in order to prop one of them up, we need to diminish what the other is capable of. I think that's wrong. I and agree. I think that's what the problem is. You should want both of them very badly. Yeah. You shouldn't feel like we you didn't get Mobley. You should want picks two and three. Yes, you shouldn't feel like, oh, we didn't get Mobley. Jalen Green's a good consolation. You shouldn't feel it the other way around either. You should feel like your basketball team is in very good hands with either of them. I understand that I could have worded that tweet better, but I do not think it's productive for a team that needs any of these guys, any of them, to go to war and die on a hill for one of them and leave the other one in the dust. Considering the odds are that you're probably going to get one of them, and if it comes between the Mobley, odds are you're not going to get any of them. Well, I guess to, to you know, yes, you're you're right. You know what I mean, though. So that bothers me um, a lot. But you talk about this Pistons season, and there were a lot of highs and lows. I would say that there were probably more highs than there were lows. Just considering, speaking relatively to the expectations, we weren't expect. We didn't think anything was going to happen this season. We thought we were going to kind of have fun. We just wanted to lose a lot of games and just kind of throw these guys out there and see what happens. So it's like. Not we weren't not a lot of bad things. We didn't set ourselves up in a way that a lot of bad things could happen. Yeah, you grade this team on a curve because, like you said, you come into the season expecting them to win at most like twenty three games. I said that at the beginning of the year they'd be lucky to win twenty four. I think, yeah. um, and so you grade on a curve. You're not you're not covering this team based on wins and losses. Like after a loss, I'm not breaking down why they lost because yeah, it might have been turnovers. Yeah, it might have been a bad rotation. But at the end of the day, they don't have an, enough players. Um, yeah. And so you look at it through a different lens, and it's did this player get better as the season went on? Did that player get better? Did these guys continue as the season went on to, to be competitive? Is there a nucleus there? Is there a core there? Is the culture starting to, to show itself? Is it, are there Did they go through the season and add another piece or two that could be part of the core? Like So you, you watch the traction go. There was never a point where you kind of were like, eh, if this team, even with a top pick, still has a ways to go, I think it was pretty consistent. If this team can find a way to be one of the, the three worst teams in the league and put themselves in the best position at a number one pick, that you felt good that the Detroit Pistons would have one of the more interesting young cores in the NBA if the lottery balls, which is the big thing. Like The final piece of the se like the season's not over. The work they did this oh, season yeah. is for the June, whatever it is, 29th, 28th, 23rd, when... The, 23rd when the the positioning reveals itself. So 
could have did all this work at the end of the day. It's great. It's good to still have that, that, that nucleus, that, that foundation being built. Um, but I mean, you, it still could all be for nothing. You could have had this terrible season record wise, and it leads to you picking fifth or sixth. And I also want to caution people just because you don't pick one, two, three, four, I mean, yeah, it's consensus that those are the best guys. It doesn't mean that who you get at five or six doesn't help turn you into a, a really good team. Yeah. Um, that's where Troy comes in. That's where his you rely on his ability to identify talent at any spot, his his ability to 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 see a guy, and even if somebody might think it's a reach, like we'll talk like Book Knight, who a lot of people have in the in the late lottery. If they like him enough to have the balls, not the balls, but the gusto to go pick him at five or, or move back and get him at seven or eight or something like that, and if that's who they like and think he can propel this team, that's that's why you want a guy like that running your franchise. It's it's not anybody – I remember when I wrote the story on Troy when he got here, his future, Jim Beheim, and I think I might have said it on here, had the greatest quote, anybody can spot LeBron James. Everyone knows K can play. Everyone yeah. wants K. Everyone wants Evan. Everybody wants Green. Everybody wants Suggs. But when you're kind of your back's against the wall, can you find a guy? And that's why Troy's here. And he did that in his first draft with potentially three of them. Yeah. I was going to add that last bit was it's almost more interesting for us to fall out of that top three or that top four. Because then Troy gets to even further prove how important There's he is. There's more how- weight on, Tra- on Troy's shoulders if they don't pick one yeah. through four. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like he necessarily needs to prove himself to no, us. No, no, again. That's, no, no. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not that. saying yeah, you're yeah. saying that. No, I'm just clarifying so people don't misconstrue what I'm saying. Like, um, because like you said, he already did it this last year. You know, and every GM has their misses. Let me ask you this: um, one through six. That's it. Where I'm do glad you... they lost, buddy, because I would have had to write oh. a, another that I had had to add two more names if they won. I'd yeah. had to change up my intro. I had that story ready since last night. I uh, where do you think is like the most anxiety for Pistons fans to draft? I think it's four. I don't I think don't wanna... I don't think it's. I, I see why you would say that. I think it's four. I don't think it's four simply because I think, as we've talked about all season, there's four guys you want, so you're going to get one of them. Well, there's uh, there's three guys you want, Nicholas Hinkle yeah. wants. Yeah. There's four that draft evaluators see. Sure. There's the K tier. There's the Mobley tier. There's the Green and Suggs tier. And then I'd it's put, – I'd put Jalen in the Mobley tier. Which one? I'm sorry, Green? right. Jalen Green in the Mobley yeah. tier, yes. Yeah, I but. think he's closer to the Mobley tier than Suggs is personally. Um, but I, I think the most anxiety is f- – I think it's six. Not just because that's the worst outcome. I think it's just because not only are your four guys gone, somebody else has a chance to get – to really like – the draft starts at five. Like you know yeah. who the top four are. You might not know the order after one, but then – once you get to five, it's kind of like could be Kaminga, could not be. Well, Book Knight is anywhere from like five to eighteen. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's really weird watching, uh, or not watching, reading all these mocks and just seeing what different people think about them. I would be really interested if uh, I-, I don't really know that we have the pieces for it, but if we were to go after, maybe you package two of our seconds and something and go after a wing in this draft like Zaire Williams in the middle of the lottery or the late lottery. You know what I mean? Whenever I say, sorry, I always, I always do this. I get myself in a mental pretzel. Whenever I say mid lottery, I mean, middle of the draft. Yeah. When I think I, you, I hope people know what I mean when I say that. So I'm thinking like somewhere between like 15 to 18. I don't think Zaire Williams will still be there, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I wonder how invested they are in this class relative to, to last year because we smashed it last year so imagine what they could do in a class that is very clearly better you know what i mean yeah here's a question for you there's like the soft rumors out there that the grizzlies aren't sold on jaron jackson have you seen that i did i don't believe it i don't yeah yeah, i don't know if i believe it either but for the sake of filling up podcast time (laughs) if you pick anywhere else if you pick five or six would you trade that pick for jaron no questions asked yep and yep. more. Take him. Probably. Take him. 
take them. That's okay. Go ahead. You can take. Uh, there are like only four dudes on this team. I wouldn't trade. So where would that? Here we go. Where would that rank on your draft night excitement? So like, say number. Say the highest excitement could be Cade picking one. Cade, the Pistons picking one and getting Cade. Where is trade? And again, this is just hypothetical. The Pistons trading the fifth or sixth pick, which I don't know if Memphis does, because I think they're in a trajectory where they want to continue. I mean, they're a play-in team, like trading Jaron. They're, they're probably going to want. Oh yes, they are. I'm sorry. They're yes, going to want are. somebody that continues this trajectory. They're not going to want to restart with job. You know what I mean? But just hypothetically, yeah. Where would that rank? If I had a guess for uh, you, it'd be fourth or third. I would say. F- I would. It's between third and fourth. Because I know how much you love Mo. Like it would go Cade Mobley for you, or Mobley Cade. Cade Mobley. Secretly, uh, it's Mobley Cade for you. I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I think I've cooled down a little bit in just terms of my realistic. I, like it'll go back as the, we have a we have a month. Yes, one hundred percent. It'll go back. For all I know, on Wednesday's show, I'm gonna be like, I'm back. You know, <laughs> I, who knows? Um, just takes the, a YouTuber out hole. I think it would be fourth. Just because. Yes, you're right. I think it would be fourth because. I don't – I mean, with Mobley and Isaiah, that's two-man stuff right there. There's a strong two-man game there. You're not getting that with Jaron and Isaiah. I think you can still play them together. Yeah. But it's not going to be the same thing. And like how it would be with Jalen Green and Isaiah Stewart. So I would be elated, and it would maybe be – ooh, can I say this? I don't mm, – Say it. Yeah, in my, in my lifetime, I think no, – no, I, I, I don't think it's a hot take. I just – in my lifetime – I think that would be my favorite Pistons trade of all time. In my life, I can't think of anything that's more like wow the Blake. I was going to ask you where how what were you, was is there a post game re, is there a recap video out there of you? I wasn't. You doing weren't them. doing them then. Oh man, I, I would wasn't love doing to see them. that. I was I was ecstatic. I know that there were people in the camp of like the way that people view it today retroactively. Like that was a terrible trade for Detroit to make. People like, hated SDG. it, but I, they were intrigued by it. Even yes. if you hated it, you were still intrigued. Yeah. Um. I was really into it, and I remember that first game. I'm like, oh, my God, Detroit is a guy that can draw fouls. Like, this is insane. That was your first thought? Not well, that freaking Blake Griffin is playing no, for no, your I'm, basketball I'm, team? Well, of course. I meant just, like, after the game, yeah, it was yeah. like a, that was one of my, you know, points of analysis. Yeah. It was like, wow, we have a guy who can actually get to the line. Um, so, touche. I don't think it would take much for Jaron Jackson, a Jaron Jackson trade to usurp a Blake Griffin trade though. Cause I think the longevity that Jaron would play here, local guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's obviously part of it too, is that he's a Michigan state guy. Then you get miles here, maybe trade Servetus for Cassius Winston. Um, okay. Now, uh, trade Servetus for Cassius. Um, who says no? Davidus <laughs> Servetus for Cassius Winston. Who says no? The, uh, the Pistons. Um, I don't stop it. Um, so here's another question. So say the Pistons. I know people are, do not want us to get on here right after the season ends. The team secures best odds at number one, and we're talking about the fifth and sixth pick. But, again, that is realistically the shot. Statistically, that's yeah. the best. Yeah. Would you rather have them, um, without knowing who the player in return is, would you rather have them just p- make a pick at five or six or make a trade? I like Book Knight enough to feel confident taking him. Okay. Where I, I I like if it's a if it's a player in the I almost said Jalen Jackson the Jalen's on the brain today Jaron Jackson tier, uh yes, but I I would be very curious to know just off the top of my head which by the way we agreed that that's probably not entirely conceivable that Memphis would do that yeah um, I don't think that would be nearly enough we need a score that's what Book Knight is. Okay, need, here's a question. A scoring guard. So, would yeah. you take five or six? We'll say six in this scenario. Switch, and the trade involves you getting the 14th or 13th pick and a mid-tier player, or would you rather and gamble that Book Knight is there when you pick at 13 or 14, or just take him at five or six? And this is just hypothetical. That's the question. That's the question. That's a great question. Thank you. I like Zaire Williams. I'm taking that trade. Okay. No, I'm not. Okay. Well, uh, give me your thoughts. What would you do there? Maybe convince me. I mean, again, yeah, it kind of depends on who the mid-tier player is, but I didn't even Miles. Well, they wouldn't trade Miles. Well, no, they wouldn't trade. Well, they don't want. Eh. No, <laughs> they wouldn't stop. trade Miles. It's been a long day. Let's pull. Let me day. pull up Tankathon and see who would be. I mean, the 13th and 14th pick is 
Indy Memphis, depending on the plan. So, wow, that works. Memphis, wow. Yeah, the fifth pick isn't enough for Jaron, I don't think. Just given what Memphis wants to do. Five, five for – I was going to say the Imani Bates first. No, Top they're not. five That's protected. You would, well, if we're if we think we're going to be pretty good by then, if you top five, well, top three protected. Oh, and the Pistons give up the Imani Bates pick. Yes, yes. If Ugh. if if our trajectory is where Troy and Casey believe that it is, um, unless the rules change, I actually Imani don't know if they can trade a. F- I still don't understand if they can trade a future first because of the Houston trade. Oh, with the Steepian rule. Yeah. And that and it's like it it could like you're trading a pick like what happens if you do well enough that that pick would convey to Houston but you promise that pick to somebody else I don't know you know what I mean you know what I'm saying I do it's too late it's gonna hurt my brain I don't know it's a good question so would you trade know. the fifth pick we'll use the sixth pick as an example would you trade the sixth pick to Indy for thirteen in Miles Turner yeah of course I don't think that's enough for Miles Turner is it not. I don't know. I don't. I'm, the fan base I, I, I is real know. split on him. Either people want the Andre Drummond return, or they want the Drew Holiday return. You, I don't know. It's really weird with him. Would you? Would you do that? Thirteen no. and Miles mm, Turner for six, mm, and maybe uh, Book Knight's still there at thirteen. Can I get T.J. Warren instead of? Yes. Uh, I mean, if you want. Yes. Then yes. I don't want Miles Turner. Okay. No disrespect. I just want him in Milwaukee, unless we're unless we can reroute him for like Jordan Nwara. Which, by the way, Sam Merrill, twenty five year old rookie, good for him. Is he Mormon? Uh, I where did he go? Utah State. I think Maybe so, he went on a mission. I think Sam Merrill went to Utah State. So yes, so, yeah. I mean that, probably. That would, yeah. So he probably went on a mission and missed a few years. If I had to guess. Can I ask you a question? Just going back on something I was going to talk about earlier. Does that have um, to do with Sam Merrill or Jordan Noir? No. Okay. What do you think the lows of this season were? I don't. I th- Killian think of, getting hurt. Sure. Right. It's kind of. That's one. Hindering his development. I can only um, think of one other one. I and I can't. I don't think it's gonna be a serious one, just based on how you look right now. No. No. I. I well, it, I mean, it's not technically about basketball. I just mean the way that the fans reacted to the, all the Blake stuff. I thought it was really uh, dumb and childish. I actually childish. forgot that Blake was on the team this year. This has been Isn't a it long wild? Year. Isn't Sheesh. it wild? And Derek. Sheesh, it's been a long year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than I mean, that, I I, really, it's just yeah. been, like I said, we didn't set ourselves up for anything other than a bad year. So, there was not no really much turmoil. Hit the fan. Yeah. I mean, there was you know, no. Our coach um, got extended. How bad could it have really been? Yeah, there was no significant losing streaks. Um, and even if there were, we wouldn't have cared. Yeah, but like even I'm just saying like yeah, you guys wouldn't have cared. You're right. But I mean, this losing to Miami on Sunday was the first five game losing streak of the season. That's shocking. Um it's shocking when you consider the record. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I still think Man, yeah, I don't know. The you you re, you got second round picks back. Um, I think Jeremy exceeded people's expectations. I think the rookies exceeded expectations. I think Hamadou Diallo was a guy, was like a, a, a welcomed surprise in the middle of the season. New, uh, new toy. A nice new, new toy, toy that I think, again, as I said on here, is the most underrated part of the rebuild. And here you go again. I'm just saying, man, another good night for him tonight. Those that baseline layup he had in the first few minutes of that first quarter. Oh my goodness. He's, I was like he does stuff. Hamadou eighty million Diallo in the building. Goodness gracious. I mean I I think it's gonna be very interesting with him in, in restricted free agency from what I have gathered. Um Detroit obviously likes him and is gonna try to keep him, but I think there are some other teams that are gonna oh. make whoa. it make it interesting. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? This whole time, it felt like we were, as fans, given the impression that, like, 
this is it's all but like the only reason he's not signed the extension yet is because he legally can't do it yet. But as For soon a, as a fair price, yeah. As soon as he's able to pen down the extension, it's as soon as the clock turns, it's going to happen. And now I think that's what the Pistons want. I I think. Well, I thought that that was the point of just not playing him. The dude puts up 35 and doesn't play for three weeks. Yeah, that's... Trying to suppress the value. I thought that was the point. Did teams I, catch on? What the, what happened? What happened? This is new. Well, I, I, think, I think teams are smart. I think teams also... I think they understand that. Um, and not to say that Detroit did do that for a fact. Uh, but, it, yeah. I'm being Hamadou speculative. Up, they, were, they were very... Um, they were very cautious with Hamadou Diallo this year. And, again, to their point, Dwayne has said many times the goal is to go into the offseason healthy, but there's a chance Hamadou's not on their team. And for Hamadou, I mean, they had control of him. So, yeah, I mean, you could well, it, make the case that they were uh, strategically cautious with him. But, yeah, I think other teams liked him when he was in OKC, and I think teams saw – some really good stuff from Detroit, from him in Detroit, and I think there are going to be teams that I don't know if they make Detroit sweat, but I I would bet there are going to be a team or two that makes Detroit sweat when it comes to Hamadou. What is happening, I, ladies and gentlemen? If you're listening to this in the car, you got your headphones in, you're at the gym, you're I don't walking think I'm saying anything shocking. I, I I hope people are as confused as I am. I, I thought that we were just this was happening. Is this me? Someone tell me, is this me? Am you didn't I think one? any other team was it like thinks watched Hamadou and like oh it he's, hadn't been he's brought good? up once. When I listen, when a certain writer for the Athletic who covers Detroit talks about how this guy is a cornerstone of Detroit's rebuild and a hold key on, piece, I didn't say cornerstone. I'm being I'm being facetious, yeah, yeah, yeah. not facetious. I'm being uh, what what's the word? Hyper- I'm looking hyperbolic. For? Sure. When you talk about this guy being a key piece of the rebuild, I'm under the impression, like, cool, sealed and signed. She's not my lover like Billie Jean, but the kid is mine. Hamadou Diallo is staying in Detroit for the next three to four years. And then everything, all these, excuse me, all these glowing reviews, everything that, what? And now it's like, this is the first time that anything has ever been said about him. I don't need to be this worked up about it because it's not that serious. (laughs) This is the only time that anything has ever been said about him that is under the context of he might not be here. There's a world where I think the Pistons are going to do everything they can to keep him, but they're going to be reasonable about it. Question. I if, don't know if there's other teams out there that – I know there's teams that like him. Do they like him more than Detroit? We'll find out. Here's a question. And you're going to think it's easy. It's not as simple as you think. And if you think it is, I have another guy. Earlier you mentioned Karis LeVert. You mentioned Marcus Smart. If not signing Josh Hart this offseason – meant that you got one of those two players between Karras or um, Marcus Smart. Would you pass on Josh Hart, or would you rather have Josh Hart? I think you only Karras, have one of the three. I think Karras is a better player than Josh Hart. Offensively, I would agree. Yeah, and the Pistons need offense. This is true. I think this just ties into my – this is why I would get fired as a GM, because when I would look at the draft, I wouldn't – I'd and I don't think the players. money's – yeah, like I think Karras is going to get uh, significantly more than Josh will. He's on three years, 52 and a half right now. Yeah, and he's how old? 26? I actually I think he's 27. Is Karras 27? There's no way he's that old yet. He's been in the league for like two years. He was the Henry Ellenson but... draft, right? Uh, ooh, yeah, because he wasn't even on the floor. He was up in the in the bleachers. He turns 27 this year. There it is. Um, and he has, I mean, I know, I'm pretty sure he's, yeah, hold on. This is, let me just check Karras' contract just to make sure. So basically, you would pass on Josh Hart for either of those, but what about Marcus Karras Smart? isn't a free agent until 2023. What about Marcus Smart? I'd rather have Josh Hart. I mean, I think Marcus fits into what they want, but I think Marcus is a guy that, you're looking to try to compete. Um, you go like you're rounding out your roster and your rotation and your bench with a, a significant rotation player. Yeah, like I don't think that's a guy that you're like bringing in like Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanueva to try to to be the face of your franchise. No, you hope the face is already the face is already there, and you're adding that guy to to take you to another level. 
your best approximation. What do you think? Well, actually, let me ask you this. When do you think Troy believes that we're going to win the finals? When do you think our window is in his eyes? Surely by the end of the decade. I but think when? he anticipates being a five seed or better. Say next year. By twenty, the twenty twenty three. Ooh, we're right there, folks. You hear that? We're right there. James just said it. We're right there. Two years we are, away. Yeah. We we are we are we're the Bruno Caboclo. We are two years away <laughs> from being two years away. We are right there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You never know what's gonna happen. Shout out uh, to Bruno. Shout out to uh, the Czar. Or not the Czar. That wasn't. That was a. Uh, why did I think that was Mike Fratello? That was who? Fran Fraschilla. Yeah, Mike Francesa. So I've talked to Fran Fraschilla on the phone once for a story when I was covering high school sports. It was he's the exact same on, not on camera. Shout out to Fran Fraschilla. I get a text from my dad. He goes, "I'm listening to your show the other night," and uh, he goes, "I'm watching the Pistons game. All of a sudden, James is on my TV." He got a double dose of the kid. I go. He didn't even tell me he was going on. So that was a shock to me, too. Why didn't I get it? I didn't get a call. You didn't let me know. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't tell. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't tell anybody. Walk us, what's, what's, what's that like? Johnny send you a text and be like, hey, we need someone to fill five minutes. <laughs> it's not his call, but. No, I know. I'm kidding. Yeah, his producers text me and, hey, the Nuggets have two players from Flint. You're from Flint. Do you want to come on and talk Flint basketball and Dwayne Casey extension? Sure. You ever say no? If I ever said no to them, like if I have some, like if I'm going to be running late and I'm not going to be there early enough to do TV, I think I might have had, I might have once or twice, but usually I say yeah because I'm at the arena already. Does that hurt if you've had to say no? You're like, ah, it sucks. I wanted to be on TV. Nah. Like I feel that. bad because like they, they ask and I just don't like telling people no, but it's not because I want to be on TV. No. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap up on this because James and I are exhausted and we got we got to be up early. It's about yeah. two o'clock in the morning right now. Um, I just want to say this on the on the Ben Wallace thing. I've seen a lot of people. We didn't on even Twitter. mention that. Yeah, Ben Wallace is going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame next year. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter in the last twenty four or forty eight hours, however long it's been, the last day, proving that Ben Wallace belongs, making the case. You don't have to do that anymore. He's already in. Yeah, I promise you that if people don't know, it's not your responsibility to educate them. Because if you're going to be that loud and incorrect and tell on yourself on the most public platform, the most public medium on the planet, that's on you. Yeah, I just I understand like people's. I mean, I don't really understand it, but people's case for why Ben shouldn't be in. But it's like. How many people in the hall were like offense first players and did like James Harden's going to be in the hall? Mm-hmm. Carmelo, tremendous offensive talent, shit on defense. So like Ben's a tremendous defensive talent, not very good on offense. Like why, why is the goalpost move because it's the other end of the floor? There's one other player in NBA history with four defensive players of the year. His name's Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, Dikembe does not have an NBA title. Ben does. Ben is the heart and soul of a team that was on a pretty much dominant run in the 2000s. Um, he the story coming from Virginia Union to undrafted to, again, being the face of a championship team. Yeah, man, I mean, he's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Like, if you're going to move the goalposts with all these offensive stats, like, he's he's – you can make the case he's the James Harden of defense. I don't know. You putting Tony Allen in the hall based on that same principle? No, he doesn't have the accolades. Yeah. Okay. But what I – I don't know how it should be. There's, I don't know. Because if you ask players from that era, a lot of them tell you Tony Allen was the hardest – player to score on Kobe's come out and said it yep I grew up saying Tony Allen was the best defensive player of all time not based on accolades but based on like on ball defense he was the most vicious defender ever and I just wonder like there's no way to I guess quantify that but if all the best offensive players of that era are telling you this is the best defensive guy 
do you maybe like make a wing in the Hall of Fame where it's like the players get to? I don't know. It's yeah, too much logistics. I get what you're but, like, saying. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I think there's something to be said. It's not a fleshed out idea. I 100% get what you're saying. You know who that player would be uh, for today's game? The, is he a defensive player? Drew Holiday. Yeah, he gets a lot of love. Yeah. Go ask Dame. Go ask Dame about Drew Holiday. Probably going to give you a real short answer. I think KD said it too. Even like KD yeah. who doesn't play the same position. Yeah, 100%. Uh, well, because Drew Holiday can guard one through five. That's yeah, why. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, yeah, first, uh, Ben Wallace, first undrafted player to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's about time. Um, first guy from the going to work team. Yeah, first one. I think the only one that really has a. A chance is Chauncey. Is Larry Brown in? I would think so. He's got to be, right? Yeah, I think Larry Brown is in. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, Larry Brown, we're using Google on Lifetime. Basketball. Like the eighth time in this episode. Hall of Fame. He is... Yep, 2002. Oh, I didn't realize no, it was no, no. that early. That's not. There's no way that's true. I mean, it could be. He was a coach a long time before. No, that. I know, but that's just wild. Artie James. Yeah, he uh, was enshrined in 2002. Your favorite part will end on this about covering the team this year. The, the unknown of the day to day. You didn't know who on this team was going to show up. But you knew somebody would. The surprise of not knowing how potentially impactful some of the young guys would be and watching them grow. Uh, and not watching them grow like it's um, – just watching – having to be there every single day, watch every second of every game, listen in on every second of every media availability. Um, it's, it's just fascinating to watch – young people grow more mature and more comfortable with their craft and all stuff like it's it isn't that was interesting and yeah like i oh the lakers are in town there's no way the pistons are this is going to be like we're going to be watching a movie at at, in the third quarter on our laptops no they're they're gonna win oh okay like it's just very very random you knew they were going to be in games but you were like, how are they going to lose this one? How are they going to win this one? Um, years past, it was like, how are these older guys going to lose this game? Now it was like, how are these young guys going to win or lose this game? And it's just different. When you're watching it like that, it's just different. How are these injured 33-year-olds <laughs> going to blow this game? You know what? You know what? You want to talk about a low point this season? Uh, how about the first 30 minutes of free agency? With Mason Plumley and 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 Jaleel Okafor off the board to Detroit, people were mad. I've been going nonstop since that moment. The Bruce Brown trade. Since the Bruce Brown trade, yeah. it's been nonstop. And uh, I just I I do want to say on on a very real level, I, I know you said at the beginning you don't want to do this. Oh, poor James thing. I, and that's that's not what you're doing. I 100 percent get it. There is something to be said about somebody you Rod Omari Vince Keith everyone. There's something to be said about having to deal with the season like this. And if you're me, uh, second quarter, I feel like I'm going to fall asleep. I'll take a nap. I will turn the game off. I will go do something else with my time. And to have to be locked in for 48 minutes because you are contractually obligated to do so Mm -hmm. when it's very easy to get disinterested. We as Pistons fans sincerely appreciate it because of the content that has come out of it, like the one that you put out the other day. Um, about the the just random folks just traveling with the team. Even David Aldridge gave you a shout, shout out. To Something to be said about that. Well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate everything that I appreciate our friendship this season. I appreciate yeah. you doing the pod with me. Like we started this pod in the like middle of the season, um, and we've been going strong, and it's been growing, and it's been fun, and you've been um, as committed. More so, I'd say not more so than me, but like you've been there at lockstep with me, um, to to continue to to do this show, to to get to service the people, to get hoodies, to 
make sure we're doing two a week, even when there's not even enough to fill up one show, 20 minutes of one show. So I appreciate you. I appreciate our listeners for the support. Like I'm still taken aback by the, the hoodie stuff. Um, I appreciate my subscribers at the athletic. I think there's a lot of crossover there. Like you guys, like I said, have been engaged from start to finish. You guys have shown me so much love that it's like overwhelming and yeah, this is this is just the beginning. So appreciate everybody who's followed along, been part of it, like yourself, Nick. And yeah, we're not going anywhere. Do we need to? Should we talk about on the pod? Let's end with this. It's off season. Should we do yeah. one episode a week? So what's funny? It's funny you even say that because what I was going to say when you were done talking was, I was bef- I was before I did my sign off. I was going to say it's also important to mention, even though we're quote unquote not going anywhere. That we are at some point going to transition to one episode per week. Uh, TBD on when that is, though. Should we let the people decide? Or do you firmly want to just do one? Well, we can do two a week at least through the playoffs and through the finals. And we'll just have to focus on what's going on outside of the draft thing each episode like at the top yeah we'll we'll do something um but once the season's done i'm not we're not doing this twice a week we won't have anything to talk about i don't want to bore people then it'll be draft time no i know but you've got you got two hours worth of stuff to talk about every week i don't know if there's gonna be that many developments we'll see we'll play it by guess vinny was vinny literally vinny goodwill thank you so much for getting on the pod um everybody loved that episode and he actually said to me, like, we we're just sitting there in the middle of the second quarter. We've been shooting the shit the whole time. He's like, I, he leaned over. He's like, I forgot to tell the Lawrence Frank story on the pod. I forgot to tell the T-Mac story on the pod. Like, he was bringing it up to me. Like, he wants to come back. So we're going to get Vinny Goodwill back maybe sooner rather than later to get these stories. So he has, that dude has so many stories, and he's so good at telling stories. It's it's just hilarious. So we'll get him back sooner rather than later. I got a lot of texts about him. And we'll get a player this summer. I'm not going to tell you who, but I'm fairly confident we will get a player okay. that you guys love on the podcast. James has verbally committed on the air. You've said it plenty of times off the air, but I was never going to say anything about it because I'm I'm the one who was like, yeah, I was thinking about our Miles, interview, Miles Bridges interview in the shower. <laughs> and you're like, don't tell that. Don't say that to people. It's not Miles Bridges. I was just being dumb. Yeah. Um, all right. You've said it. So now people have to hold you to that. I don't have pull with this team. These guys don't know me. Hold hold me well, to it. We'll get it done. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you've made it this far, genuinely, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you very, very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. Leave a review if you're feeling generous. James and I check the reviews like every single day. Um, they make us happy to read most of the time, unless they're from Reddit. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to Reddit. guys in the next one. Peace.